Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries Podcast. You're about to listen to another message from Pastor Isaac Worley. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. Hey, we're in a series called Grow and Live, and uh, it's week three of a four-week series, and generally it's addressing why we do what we do at ETYM. We wanted to get down to the basics and rock bottom, the foundation of ETYM. Why do we exist? And what is our goal for you in your lives? And ultimately, it comes down to these two things that we want to see done in each one of your lives. Sarah and I were just really praying about it, thinking about it, uh, brainstorming about it um, throughout the summer. And we decided ultimately, in your lives, we want to see you, one, grow with Jesus. We want... We want to see in the four, six years, seven years, that you are here in E2IM, if you are starting out in sixth grade, all the way to being a senior year, I pray that you have experienced a lot of growth, that you are experiencing a lot of growth with your Heavenly Father, that um, I, I've been using the analogy the past two weeks, that, uh, that you would continually, uh, just in spending time with God, you would start to resemble Him more and more. That you're growing with him and growing to be more like him and that your father in heaven would be looking down and seeing the resemblance of his character and his passions and his interests, his heart in you, growing in him like a, like a dad sees his son or daughter and a little bit of a reflection of, uh, oh, they have my nose, you know, like um, that, uh, that our God would see us continually to grow in his reflection. So that's our first desire is that you would grow with Jesus. Our second is that you would then therefore go out and live like him amongst other people, that they would see Jesus through you. And the kind of the theme verse was almost, it was with our past sermon series and the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.16, right, that we would um, uh, let our light shine, the way that we live, let our light shine to the world so they may see our good deeds And not glorify us or think we're great, but glorify our our Father in heaven. And so we don't only want you to internally grow with Jesus, but we want you to externally live like him and therefore point other people to Jesus. That's our goal, that your life would continually work towards these two things, more growing to be more like him and living out your Christianity, your faith outwardly more. And so um, that's that's our goal. And so why we do what we do here at ETYM? And um, uh, we are really wanting to emphasize doing the live part more. I think we've been doing it, but we just want to really say, okay, how are we helping you live like Christ out in the world, outside of these four walls? And um, ultimately, we, we have three major things. Every three months, and I can't recap everything. We just got too much to jump at tonight. But ultimately, it breaks down to three things. And hopefully this is starting to jog your memory. We want to, every three months, have a day where we'll give a Saturday and just serve the community. And then also every three months, we're going to have a prayer service on a, um, just praying for a certain demographic of people, a certain group of people. So maybe um, this coming, I don't know, and actually I have the group selected yet. I'll have to talk to you guys, those of you who um, we've picked. It's one from each grade. Um, that's going to help me decide the demographic and the service date, the day that we're going to serve and everything. Um, but we're going to gather in the next three months, and we're just going to pray for a group of people, whoever that group is. It might be... Um, foster kids or orphans. It might be families that have lost a loved one, so they're bereaved families. Um, we, might be, uh, we might choose for the next three months to pray for um, uh, the unborn baby population. Um, we might pray for the pregnant 
um, moms, for we know those two always going to go hand in hand, and if we're praying for one, we should be praying for the other. And so um, uh, whatever that population is, that whatever group that is that we're going to be uh, dedicating the next three months to, we're going to have a prayer service dedicated just for them, that we're just going to pour out our prayers for those people. And then also um, every three months, we're going to financially adopt a ministry that supports that demographic, that helps that group of people. Um, and so that is how we're going to help live out our faith to the community around us. Well, if you remember, last week we talked about the service, that we were going to be um, being like Jesus, if you remember, in John chapter 4, where Jesus went to the well. He didn't go around the people in need, but he went straight to them, right? And, and he wanted to love that woman. And so we're going to do service days. Well, tonight, I want to talk about the second thing, and that is that we're going to pray for people outside of these walls, that we're going to have a prayer service for them. Um, and in thinking about this topic specifically, I did a lot of self-reflection on myself and my own personal prayer life. We did, if you remember a few months ago, we did a whole sermon series on the topic of prayer. And whew, did that just mess me up. Um, it convicted me a lot. Prayer has never been a strong suit for me, and, and that's convicting in itself to say, um, while also delivering God's word to you. So uh, it, it's hard, but that's also I, also, I always want us to be transparent and honest with one another, and I am always challenging myself to make myself a man of prayer, but it doesn't come naturally for me. It does for other people I know, prayer warriors out there, amen. But for me, I realize that that is something I have to be very intentional about. Um, but I think a lot of us, okay, I need a little bit of community here, people loving me. Um, I don't think I'm the only one that struggles with prayer. Love you, Devin. Um, and I think that it's not the same reason why we would struggle with the other two. Okay, so if we're struggling to go and give our Saturday, give of our time and our energy, or we're going to go and give for the next three months financially to other people, we might not, we might not want to naturally do that in our sinful na nature and who Isaac Worley is I might struggle to do those things for a very different reason. I might struggle to do those things to give of my time and energy or to give of my money um, out of selfish reasons. I just don't want to uh, spend money on somebody else. I want to spend money on myself, right? And I have to kill that. Um, but I think, I think the reason that maybe I struggle with prayer isn't, isn't out of selfishness. Now, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to say a prayer for somebody else. I'm happy to do that. No, but I think if I look at the root of why I struggle with praying is it's a lack of belief that it's going to do something. I, I think that it's honestly a belief that my prayer has consequences, that my prayer can impact reality. My prayers can actually do something, that my prayers would actually come true. I think that's maybe why I struggle with praying. And I have to keep telling myself it, it does make a difference. It does impact reality. Uh, but I, I want to look at that um, because I think if we knew the power of prayer, if I knew the power of prayer, reading the Bible, if I just had uh, the Bible that you're holding right now, if I, just, if I just really rooted in what it has to say about the power of prayer, I think I'd be praying all the time. I think you would be too. I think if we really... It was ingrained, that truth, the power that prayer has in our lives, the incredible impact it can make in the realities around us. The way the Bible talks about the power of prayer, if we truly believed that and we took hold of that truth, I think we'd want to pray all the time. 
not just for ourselves, but man, we would, we'd see people in the street and say, man, they're in need. I'm gonna pray for them because we believe it's gonna do something. Someone comes to us and says, I'm discouraged, I'm beat down. Not only are we gonna wanna give them counsel, but we're gonna pray for them because it's gonna make a difference in their lives. If we believe that prayer actually does what it does, like the Bible say, says it does, I think that we would be praying like crazy for everybody. It's like I stubbed a toe. Let me pray for you. You know, like, I mean, prayer is crazy. The impact that it makes in the lives around us in our own lives. That's a little hyperbole, you know, a little crazy, but maybe pray for your toe. Do whatever you want. I don't care. That's, we're talking about something else tonight. But I think we would pray all the time if we believed what the Bible said about prayer. We would no longer ever be saying, it, would, it wouldn't be a part of our vocabulary when it came to prayer to say, I'm too busy. Because it would be on the top of our list of things to do. If we believed what the Bible had to say about prayer, it wouldn't be in our vocabulary to say, I never feel like it. We'd be dying to pray more. I actually read a quote this morning from Charles Spurgeon who said, one of the one of the most crucial, this is paraphrase, okay, message version, all right, of, um, of this quote. I'm going to butcher it probably. But he said something along the lines of um, one of the most detrimental things that somebody could do to a Christian, if they could do it, if they really wanted to take a blow at a Christian, they should take away their ability to pray. If only that was true in our lives, right? That prayer was that significant to us and it would really make that big of a difference if we didn't have it. It wouldn't be in our vocabulary to say, I never feel like it if we believed what the Bible had to say about prayer. Because we'd feel like doing it all the time because it's going to radically change the stuff that we're going through right now. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to, one, I want to revive your passion and belief in prayer. I want to revive in my own self the belief in prayer, the power of prayer. I want to talk about the radical, the crazy, earth-shattering, earth-shaking power of prayer. And I want it to be rooted deep inside of us that we believe in that kind of prayer, that it happens not only in the Bible, but it happens today, that we believe in prayer. I want to revive that. Man, I want us to be crazy in love with prayer. I want us to be a people of prayer. I want to revive it. And then also, then I want to encourage you to join me, therefore, and not be selfish with that power that God gives us in prayer. If we believe that it's impacting, earth-shattering, that we would then, therefore, not be selfish with it, but we would want to give that kind of power to other people. We just want to pray for other people all the time. So one, I want to revive the power and the, be- the belief in the power of prayer. But then I want to also ask you to join me in using it to help other people. So that's where we're going to go. Let me, let me say this very true. I think it is it's very true of a statement. It says, God gave his people the power to move mountains through the gift of prayer. I think many of you already know this, but the God that we serve created everything that we see, that we breathe that we feel, that we touch, everything that we don't feel and touch, everything that is vastly beyond our even comprehension, he created if it exists. He can alter, he can change, he can do whatever he wants. It is his domain, it is his earth, it is his galaxy, it is his universe. He can do whatever he wants with it and he gives us 
He gives us part in the power of altering the realities that, of the things that he created. He asks us to join him with, to join him in altering it by giving us the power of prayer, by communing with him, talking with him, to asking him to do incredible things. He has a divine power to do incredible things, and he invites us to partner with him. And he gives us incredible power by saying, you have prayer, use it. Let me give you a quick survey to, just to show you this, okay? Let me just show you that he really does invite us to partner with him in doing incredible things that only the divine can do by offering us prayer as a gift. Let me give you a little quick Bible survey, okay? We're going to go very quickly. But in Genesis, Genesis 25, wait, no, I'm not going to actually go there yet. Genesis 25, let me just say it. Genesis 25, um, Isaac, if you know him, he's in the Old Testament, uh, he prayed for his wife who couldn't have a baby. Her womb um, was incapable of holding a baby, and Isaac prayed, and the miraculous happened. Altering biology genetics. Her womb opened up and she conceived a child. We see in Genesis chapter 25 that it was through Isaac's prayer for his wife that God made that miracle happen. He invites us to partner with him in doing the miraculous. Let me keep going. If you flip a, um, more than a few pages, a few books, Joshua chapter 10. Joshua made the sun stand still by his prayers. This isn't hyperbole. This isn't some fable. This isn't some myth. This happened. It's historical. It's real. It's in Scripture. And through Joshua's prayer, God Almighty stopped the sun from moving. He invites us to partner with him in doing the miraculous. 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah withheld rain talking atmosphere now, right? We're talking weather. Withheld rain for three years. And when he decided that it was time to rain again, he prayed and said, Lord, send the rain now. And the rain came. The power of Elijah's prayer. God invites us to partner with him in the miraculous dealings of this world, things that could never happen. He gives us power through the gift of prayer. I pray that this is starting to really impact your belief in your own prayers, that these aren't just stories, these aren't just fables. Don't just see these as things that other, people's, other people did, even real stories. These aren't just real stories. These are examples to us that humans, you, me, that we can partner with God to do the miraculous. He invites us just to pray. And so... I hope, my hope for you is that you would hear these stories, Joshua uh, making the sun stand still and Elijah stopping the rain and starting the rain, that you would hear that and you would believe that your prayers make a difference. Your prayers impact reality. Your prayers change things. Your prayers can start or stop situations. The power of prayer is not just a thing in the Bible. The power of prayer is a thing for the church today. I can keep going. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel brought about the deliverance of his entire nation. Okay, not just his family, not just himself. I mean, man, we pray for that our test would go okay tomorrow. But Daniel prayed for his nation that they would be freed from slavery, and it happened because he prayed. 
hear that and know that that's not just a story about somebody else, but that's an example to you, that your prayers make a difference in your life and other people's lives. Your prayers have power. God gives you power and the ability to partner with him in doing the miraculous. It's not just a biblical thing, it's a thing for today. I I remember growing up, my mom told me um, of a really incredible story. My grandma was going through um, a lot of spiritual warfare, um, feeling really depressed, and there was a lot of things going on. I can't just go into it, it'd take 10 minutes. But um, life was really, really hard for my grandma, and um, she just could really feel the spiritual darkness of the things going on around her. And um, and I, my mom was praying and praying just unceasingly for that, that this darkness would just leave my grandma, even for just a day, to give her some kind of relief from what she was suffering, this depression that was coming with it. And my mom was just praying that, that, that God would just pull that from my grandma, this cloud of darkness. And she was even praying that um, even if it means just putting it onto me, whatever it takes, would you just take that from, from this lady? And uh, my mom said that one night she just felt the strongest darkness that she's ever felt before. And uh, she was up all night, she couldn't sleep, and uh, she didn't know what it was, but she just felt so distant from God. She felt just this, this cloud of darkness, this depression that she wasn't feeling when she went to bed, and she was just feeling this. And then whenever she got up early in the morning, like 6 a.m., my grandma called and she said, I've ne- I slept better tonight than I ever have in years. I don't know what it was, but I think your prayers are working. Wow. Prayers aren't just powerful in the Bible. The, the power that God gives us through prayer, it didn't stop with the apostles. It didn't stop at Revelation. The power that is in prayer continues on to where when you would call on God, you would fall on your knees and you would speak to him. You have the power that Elijah had and Daniel had and Isaac had. God gives you power through the gift of prayer. So I want you to believe that your prayer does make a difference, that it really does change things. Let me show you a little bit of uh, what what, uh, John says. John chapter 15, verse 7, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. I want you to catch first before the whole ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Notice the first part there, the first clause, the condition. That if you remain in me and my words remain in you, if you're walking in line with God and what he has to say, how your life should be, then he hears your prayers. I don't, so this, this kind of speaks to us then and also says, well, we can't just be uh, living however we want, doing whatever we want to do, and then say, God, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. That's, that's not the permit that God gives us. He says, if you are walking in line with my word, and if you remain in me, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. I think this speaks to the power of prayer, the prayers of his people You can also read it in Mark 11, verse 24. It says, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, he was speaking to the Mount of Olives, he was in Jerusalem, be lifted up and thrown into the sea. If anyone says this and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. 
Therefore, I tell you, everything that you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. It's a bold statement from Jesus. And I want to I say a quick thing about that. I think a lot of people will say, well, obviously the Bible's lying because I have prayed some things before and they haven't happened. So what do you do with that, Jesus? Pray whatever I want and I get it, right? Where's it at? Well, I think there's a lot of times that you have to read this in, in the context of the Bible, right? And there's a lot of times where God has very good reasons to say no, that we can pray and it doesn't happen. The mountain doesn't move. This doesn't mean that God is just some genie. Him saying this, Jesus saying that you can pray uh, if you just believe. All you got to do is believe and this mountain will lift up and be thrown into the sea. Jesus isn't locking himself into being some kind of genie that whenever you feel like it, you can say, I want this and I want that. Oh, and, and yeah, that. And he's like, oh, man, I shouldn't have made that promise. And I'm I have to do what you said. Like, that's, that's, not what he's, that's not what he's saying. I think he's speaking more to the power of your prayers. Not the bondage that he's in to obey every command that we give. That's a very different thing. If you read in James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You ask and you don't receive because, so you asked, you prayed, you asked for the mountain to move. You didn't receive it. The mountain didn't get thrown into the sea because you asked with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So along with what we read earlier in John 15, that if you aren't walking in line with Jesus, if you're not walking in line with his statutes, if you're not living a moral life, then he has very good reasons to say no to your prayers. Well, also, if you're asking for the wrong motives, he has very good reasons to say, no, I'm not going to move that mountain. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus would say no. If you're not walking in line with God, if you're not asking with the right motives, Psalms, Psalm 66 says, I cried out to him with my mouth and praise on my tongue. But if I had been aware of malice in my heart, evil in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So there's a lot of reasons why God would say, no, I won't move that mountain. Not at all the least of those that, to say that he just knows better than we do, that he would say no because of that. There's a lot of reasons why he would say no. And so what do we do with this passage? Mark 10, specifically where it says, therefore, I tell you, everything that you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. What do we do with that? What do we do with this, this promise that we can ask and believe rightfully believe that it will happen. What do we do with that, right? First, powerful, well, how do, we, how do we deal with that? I think we have to know, one, we have to go into it knowing that there's a lot of reasons why God might say, no, I'm not gonna move that mountain. We have to understand that and get that, that God is God and he knows better. There's a lot of reasons why he would say no, but I think we have reason to pray anyway. I think we have reason to say, I just, I'm going to go before you, and he, he might just very well just be waiting there asking, waiting there just waiting for you to ask him and say, I'm so glad you finally asked me. Yes, I will withhold the rain. Yes, I will move the mountain. Yes, I will stop the sun from moving. Yes, he, but he is waiting. I think we have very good reason to, to just ask and believe that he can 
do the impossible. He can do incredible things. He can work in your family's life. He can work in your own life. He can work in your friend's life. He can, and he does. He does answer prayers. So I think we have very good reason to go and pray to him, believing that he can do incredible things. So I want you to know the power of your prayers. Your prayers make a difference. Your prayers have incredible weight. But once you know that, once we know that, once we believe that our prayers can do incredible things, I want us to not be selfish with our prayers. I want us to be outward with our prayers a lot of the times. Your prayers can prompt God. Catch this. I I want you to catch this, okay? Your prayers can prompt God to heal a broken family. mean it with all my heart. Your prayers, your, what you pray, what comes out of your mouth can prompt God to heal a broken family that you know. Through your prayers. James 4 says you have not for you, ask not. Our prayers do make an impact. So why would we not pray for that broken family? We should pray for that broken family. Your prayers can prompt God to change the heart of someone considering abortion. Someone might be considering that. And your prayers, when you pray out, God, would you change their heart and make them love that child and want to give birth to that child? Would we pray for that person because our prayers can change their heart? How could we not pray for that person then? Your prayers have that power. Your prayers can prompt God to comfort the depressed and beaten down person. How could we not pray for that person then? Your prayers have the power to prompt God to enter the heart of a lost person, somebody that doesn't know him, and your prayers can prompt God to enter into their life and to speak truth and life into them, to take their heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. Your prayers can prompt God to do that. Why would we not pray then for Muslims and atheists, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, all of them, that we would just pray for them because our prayers can prompt God to stepping into their life. We can't be selfish with the power that we have in our prayers. We have to be external and loving people with it. So as I'm closing up, when I meet with some of you this month, I'm going to reach out to you probably tomorrow, I think, the, the number of the seven of you, or seven grades. Um, Whenever I meet with you, some, some of you guys this month, we're going to decide on a day. ETYM, we are committed, us as a group, we are committed to prayer for other people because we believe in the power of prayer and we don't want to be selfish with that power. And so we're going to meet together, us seven, we're going to decide what this prayer service is going to look like, what time it's going to be, what, what, what group of people we're going to pray for. We're going to do it. We're going to pray our hearts out. We're going to pray believing that the earth is going to just shake because of our prayers. Mountains are going to be moved in people's lives because of our prayers. We're going to believe that when we gather. So my challenge to you, each individual, as you guys are sitting here, you specifically, my challenge to you is to make this prayer service a must-attend. Of the highest of priority, if you believe in the power of your own prayers and and the prayers of the person sitting next to you, Make it a high priority that not only you attend, but everybody else attends. Because your prayers and your friends' prayers are powerful. So my challenge to you is to make this prayer service, whenever we have it in the next three months, that it's a must-attend 
I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to chase after you guys. I'm just going to say this is when we're having it, and we'll see how many people show up. And my prayer is that all of you will step out and say, I am going to this because I am going to move mountains in people's lives through my prayers. I'm going to prompt God to do incredible things in their lives when I get on my knees and I pray for them. It's my challenge for you. It's a, it's a hard challenge. It's a strong challenge. But man, your prayers, your prayers make a difference. Your prayers change lives. Your prayers prompt the almighty God to do incredible things, the miraculous, to stop the sun from moving. That's not a thing in the past. It could be a thing in the future. God hears your prayers. Your prayers have power. Don't forget that, but don't be selfish with it either. We're going to go into uh, this time of response. So if you guys want to start spreading out, if you uh, haven't been around, uh, this is what we're doing. Um, We're going to cut the lights um, up here. There's no focal point in the room, but you can just find a spot in the room and just spend some time in prayer. Spend some time with God. And if you don't know exactly what to pray for, if you don't know what to talk to God about, let uh, let me ask you two questions. One, do you believe that your prayers make a difference? Consider that question right now. If you don't know what to pray for, consider this question. Do you believe that your prayers make a difference? That your prayers can really do something in the physical life that you're living right now or your friend's life? Do you believe that your prayers can make a difference? If no, pray for faith that they do, because they do. So if you don't believe that your prayers make a difference, ask God, give me faith. Give me belief. Second question, are you willing to spend an evening using the power of prayer for someone else's benefit? Are you willing to give up a night, whatever it is, a Friday night, and say, I'm going to give this out for somebody else's benefit? Are you willing to do that? If no, I would encourage you to pray for a heart, like we have been for the last few weeks now, to have a a heart of love towards the needy, a passion for them. God, would you give me a heart for people that need you to hear your voice? Would you give me a heart like yours, eyes like yours, to love the way you love, to prioritize and value people the way you do? If you're not sure if you can give up a night right now for prayer, just talk to God about that. Say, can you change my heart? Can you change the way I see people? And prioritize them. So those are two ways that you can spend some time in prayer about this. Just spend some time talking to God. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.